What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Three Major Sports. Welcome for episode number 22. I am Enrique, as usual, your host, uh, with my partner in crime here, Rob, on the West Coast. What's up, man? Hello, good, sir. Howdy, howdy. How have you been? I have been well. Very cold, uh, a little bit snowy. They don't know how to handle snow out here, so world's been shut down for three days. But other than that, doing good. Incredible, incredible. Well, you're probably doing better than the Browns are, so that's always a plus. <laughs> oh, always a plus. It's, it's been 30 seconds, and there's a low blow already. It's, this is, it's not this even is, a low blow. This is a good blow. start. This is a good start. It's good that you're healthy. They're all in protocols. Yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> so we're going to kick off in the most obvious place possible, which is the NFL. Um, and I'm, I'm going to go first this time. I'm just not – I'm not even going to wait for this. The Miami Dolphins are eight and seven. We are on a seven-game winning streak, and we are, as of right now, in the playoffs. Oh, how the turntables. What was it? I mean, two months ago, uh, we were dead in the water. One and seven. We looked lifeless. There was The offensive line was as terrible as terrible can be. Tua was still coming back from injury. He still didn't look like what we wanted him to be. The defense was the bane of our existence during that losing streak. They were just absolutely awful. And then apparently everybody went out for Halloween and had a great time. And we have not lost a game since Halloween. Uh, Apparently, people want to talk crap about the schedule. We play who's put in front of us. It is not our fault that it's been the Texans, the Jets twice, uh, who else on the crappy end of things? The Texans, the Jets twice, the Giants, the Saints last night who rolled out Ian Book in his first ever NFL action, and it absolutely looked like it was his first ever NFL action. Yeah, uh, And we beat the Ravens along the way, which is a good quality team. Yeah. So now, thank you to the results on Sunday of everybody going – uh, I mean, Bills beating the Patriots, Bengals winning over the Ravens. The Dolphins control their own destiny, quote-unquote, which is more than what we can say as a franchise for week 17 of an NFL season. And the, I mean, as far as I can remember, right, we always – for a Dolphins fan, we always – whenever we got into the playoffs, it's because week 17 came by and somebody had to lose to somebody else paired with our win and – that's the only way we get in. Well, no longer the case. We get to write our own story, control our own destiny. And man, this is movie level type shit. Like, as a Dolphins fan, I'm so beyond excited for this. We have the chance to conquer our demons and walk into the playoffs. We have to beat our former quarterback who had nothing but opportunity here in Miami for seven years and then goes and wins comeback player of the year as soon as he fucking leaves Miami. And takes the Titans almost to the Super Bowl. They went to an AFC Championship game where they lost to Patrick Mahomes. We have to go and beat Ryan Tannehill. And then we have to come home and defeat the evil empire that is the New England Patriots. And if we do that, when we do that, we are going to walk into the playoffs probably as a 6 or a 7 seed, not even the 8 seed. And the spot we will be taking would have belonged to that evil empire of the New England Patriots. So this is literally a Hollywood scenario. I cannot fucking wait for us to eat Ryan Tannehill alive this Sunday so that we can get to that Patriots game. Because that Patriots game is just it's going to be 
absolutely must-see TV for every football fan in this country. So there's my rant. Feel yeah. free to chime in. Yeah, no, I, if, if we did that in the middle of, the, of, our, of our pod, I probably would have interrupted and thrown some stuff in. I was going to let you go because uh, I, I know what it feels like to, to have your team start to take off and, and be excited to talk about it. And, and in all honesty, um, I'm, I'm super happy for you guys. I, I do think um, the turnaround has been pretty awesome. I think I read today uh, you guys are the first team ever to have a seven-game losing streak and a seven-game mm-hmm. winning streak in the same season. Yep, so, which is incredible. Just, Right, just complete Jekyll and Hyde, which is awesome. Um, and yes, the the schedule's been. Uh, I think you guys in the AFC, you guys have the lowest uh, strength of victory um, of your yeah. eight wins uh, of any team, and uh, at least in the playoffs, uh, and maybe for the whole conference. So uh, the competition has been great, um, but a lot of the time, I mean that part of why you picked 13 and four at the beginning of the season was you saw the schedule and was like, yeah, we should win those games. I mean, that's, you lost a couple, two off the top of my head that you probably should have won. Yeah. Um, But I mean, the schedule has been light this year and it's, it's up to to you guys to to take advantage of it. And the last two months they have. So that's, that's awesome. Yep. It's uh, I mean, and you're referencing the Jaguars game that we lost uh, with a last second field goal. The Falcons game that we lost at home with a last second field goal. Those are the and, two. Yeah. And and I would like to add the loss to a not so great Raiders team in Las Vegas in overtime after we could have easily won that game. Um, yeah. So those but the Raiders three, aren't bad. The, the Raiders aren't. They're bad. not. But looking back scenario wise in that game, like we could have won that game. That is a game that we came back from, and we had all the momentum in the world at the end, and then we just we just let it go, and it sucks. Yeah. But, I mean, that puts us we, – we flipped those three results. That puts us at 11 and 4. And right. I don't sound like a crazy person like I did in August. Because <laughs> uh, I must well, admit, re- I probably sounded like a crazy time, person. I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't that upset with your prediction. I mean, it, 13 wins in the NFL even with an extra game, that's really hard. It um, is really looking hard. at the roster, it's not a 13 or 12 win roster. But because of your schedule, it seemed possible because a lot of the teams you played were nonsense. And, and yeah. again, it's just sometimes that's how it works. It, it yeah, is what it is. Especially when you have the Jets in your, in your division, you're going to yeah. have an easy time sometimes. That's just how it goes. Yeah, yeah. And this seven-game stretch was one that we looked at, and it was like, on, in all seriousness, other than the Baltimore game, it was like, okay, check off all these Yeah, boxes. this is when these you are eat. all right. wins. These are right. all wins. They were right. mostly at home. We didn't leave home. We didn't travel for like five weeks. Because we had three home games, the bye week, and then another home game before we actually traveled uh, to wherever the hell we went most recently. And was uh, Halloween uh, Tampa? No. Halloween was – not the – was it the Atlanta game? No, that was the week before. Let's see. Halloween was our last loss. And, and I can't I – really Oh, can't was that Buffalo? Buffalo, that's what it was. It was uh, at Buffalo, 26-11, which we played better than the first Buffalo game because the first Buffalo game was at 35-0 shellac. Yeah, it was bad. Two here. Tua got hurt on, like, the sixth play of the game, um, and it was just all downhill from there. That that game was demoralizing. That game tested my fandom uh, as a whole (laughs) because I was just so goddamn demoralized after that. Um, But, yeah, I mean – since that Bills loss, and we looked better in that Bills loss. That Falcons game should have been a win before that. We went up to Buffalo, 
We held our own against a team who at the time was still playing way better than what they have been the past couple of weeks. And they looked like an absolute force in the AFC. Not, I mean, they're getting back to it, but they had a little lull there. We held our own. We, we, I mean, you know, we lost. Josh Allen did that little bullshit wave at the end of the game to Christian Wilkins, which set me off. I started throwing furniture in my home uh, <laughs> because of his actions. And then there you go. We haven't lost since. I would like to point out that I did go to that game against the Houston Texans that started this entire winning streak. So I'd like to say I have a small part to do with this. My presence must have inspired this team to remove their heads from their anuses and start playing good football. Uh, no comment. Continue. <laughs> Nothing I can say about that. Um, but yeah, man, the defense is the story here, though. Tua has been fine. Tua has been incredibly efficient. Tua has had, he's got the highest completion percentage of any quarterback in the history of the NFL through their first 20 games with a minimum of 550 attempts. That's, I mean, 20 games is not a small sample size. That is more than a season already. So, to have the highest completion percentage ever of anybody over 20 games is it's something, right? You, the decision making is there, the accuracy is there. He's gotten faster in the pocket. My biggest complaint with Tua last year was that he held the ball too long. It caused him to take sacks. It caused him to get take to turn the ball over because of the sacks. He was getting strip fumbled all the time, uh, or he would rush a throw and it would end up intercepted, right? Or because he was holding it too long, and then all of a sudden the rush is on you and you have to get rid of it. That was my biggest complaint. This year he is in the top four or top two, one or the other, top of the league in quickest ball release in the league. He's getting it on like two seconds flat or something like that, which is incredibly fast. And the negative part to that is all of his passes are under like 12 yards, probably under right. like nine, to be honest. But right. he's got – that's the personnel he has. He's either throwing it to, to Gaskin coming out of the backfield or he's throwing it to Waddle on quick slants. Waddle is, you know, bringing in nine receptions a game, ten receptions a game, something like that. He's going to set the rookie record on Sunday for most receptions in a season. Uh, and he's going to do it with a game left so they can't even say, oh, he only got it because of the extra game. No, we're going to do it in the same amount of games as Anquan Bolden did. Uh, Bolden had 101, I believe. Waddle's sitting at like 96 now. So he already has the Dolphins rookie – like. Um, Rookie reception record. So this dude is a, is a baller, but they're getting him the ball short, quick. I wish they would kind of get him out into space a little bit, maybe into the second level, have him – if he can get by a, a linebacker and you drop the ball in in front of the safeties, if he makes one of those safeties miss, that's a house call. Like, Waddle's not going to get caught, right? But if you're making him you, – he's got to – they're giving him the ball four yards out, so now you got to break a corner, break a linebacker, and then get around a safety. Like, it's just not happening for him. So the touchdowns aren't there but the production is definitely there. So the offense needs to get better, but the the engine that's driving this team right now, like I started this off with, is the defense. Brian Flores is putting together, and I can't remember our defensive coordinator's name, but it's it's been Flores' boy since they were in New England, in New England together. He brought him with them. Um, and they are just incredibly creative when it comes to... Damn, I can't find his name. When it comes to... Blitz packages, we blitz more than any other team in the league. We um, bring pressure, like we actually get pressure on the quarterback more than any other team in the league. We have the most sacks in the league by one right now. We have 45 sacks as a team, which is awesome. Um, so that's the best in the league. Our defensive backs have the most quarterback hits and pressures in the league. So specifically, Brandon Jones and Javon Holland, 
they are monsters coming down from up top. They are always lining up on the line, right? Because we, we do this whole, they show everybody at, like last night, I mean, this kid Ian Book is going to have nightmares of Dolphin players in all white uniforms for years to come. We were bringing eight and nine up to the line and showing all out blitzes. And then five of them would drop and we would rush four, like, and everybody would drop into coverage. And this dude had no idea what to do. I, I was sitting here watching the game with Frank and we were actually looking at each other like, man, we feel bad for this kid because he's, they're confusing him so much that he's forgetting situational football. Like, he, he ran to the sideline on a fourth down and threw the ball away before he got destroyed. And I'm like, yo, you're throwing the ball away on fourth down. Could just launch it up in the air. Worst case scenario, it's a punt, right? Now you're giving him the ball back on the line of scrimmage. Why are you throwing out? Like, but they had him so shook that this man did not realize how to play quarterback um, immediately, basically, because he was constantly running for his life. So this defense has been amazing. Christian Wilkins is the backbone of I think our team personality, of our toughness, of our in-your-faceness, but still like laid back enough to not be tense and stressed out. Like he's the perfect face for this defense, I think. He had his touchdown catch last week and he did the worm after it, which was phenomenal, bro. Having big guys do the worm is uh, a national treasure. But <laughs> I'm excited. I'm beyond excited for this team and these last two weeks. And I mean, to be completely honest, man, after one and seven, if we end up eight and nine, like I'm not, I'm not going to lose my mind. We were one and seven and we rattled off seven straight wins in the NFL and made ourselves competitive. And seeing as how we don't own our first round pick next year, we didn't give away a top five pick, which was the salt in the wound when this was all going on. It's like on top of sucking ass, there's no positive outcome of this because we don't own our first round pick. Philly does. So It is what it is. It's already been an awesome season after what just happened. I hope we've got weeks to go. But if it does end in two weeks, then, which I hope it doesn't, but if it does, this was an awesome, awesome ride. And I think that, I think Flores and Tua have proven enough to to solidify the decision of sticking with them, of not regime changing again. We got to keep going with Flores. No, I mean, this has never been done before. Teams that go and the fact that the losing streak was before the winning streak. Teams who start off one and seven end up three and thirteen or three and fourteen this year. Those yeah. teams don't they they never do. I'd be I would love to see what the numbers are on every team that's ever started off one and seven and see if any of them even get to five wins. Like it doesn't happen. So to right. have a seven game winning streak and be up at eight and seven now, like that's got a lot to say about the the coaching staff, the attitude that they take the buy-in from their players to not lose a squad of full-grown men at one and seven is just amazing. Like it's incredible and it cannot be denied and it cannot be really like um, minimized. Like it has to be mentioned that in this profession where we just saw Urban Meyer not be able to control a room full of, you know, grown adult men, despite him being one of the greatest college coaches in the world for that to, to be in a one and seven situation, and gather these guys and rally your dudes and fucking go on this winning streak. That is uh, quite a feat. And Beeflo should get, uh, I mean, he's borderline getting a statue right now in my head, if you can keep this going, bro, because that was an amazing coaching job. But, yeah, I'm stoked. I'm ready to see what happens. All right, and I will end my Dolphins tangent now. We can talk about other teams, (laughs) I promise. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, I, and I mean, we're we're going off the 
the full season. But, uh, I mean, you guys are 10th in scoring defense. Uh, I think the, the rushing defense is maybe 8th. Passing is like 14th or 15th uh, mm-hmm. as far as yards given. So, mm-hmm. um, the defense is definitely the strong point. Um, if you can – I think they average 21 points a game. If you can keep the other team to 21 points uh, to a, and the rest of those guys are definitely capable of scoring more than that. So. Oh, yeah. And that's, and, the 20, and that 21 points is incorporating a 35-point Buffalo game and a 45-point Tampa game. Mm-hmm. So it's like outside of those, the anomalies of it, it's like this is a defense that keeps you in the team. I, last night before that game started, I text, I was in a group chat with my friends, and I was like, honestly, guys, 13, 14 points I think wins us this game. And it was obviously more than enough, and we got 20. And I was like, "That's, bro, with this defense, 20 points will probably win you most games. 13 points will win you games against bad teams. And, and with our offense, the way that it kind of operates, that it's really methodical, but it's not very fast-paced, and we don't always get into the end zone, even though we have the fifth-best touchdown percentage in the red zone. We just don't get into the red zone very often. <laughs> um, it's like I don't get it. We just we can't get down there. But when we do, we convert. So that's a positive. But yeah, with this defense, twenty points, uh, twenty points should give you quite a few wins. It's and that's. I know we haven't beaten great teams, but it's I'm not like we're not winning games by going out there and blowing people out. We're playing defense, and defense translates into the postseason. So if we can keep playing defense at this rate and just get in. Our first game would probably be somewhere against either Buffalo or Tennessee. I would really hope it'd be Tennessee because if we're in, that means we already beat them once. Um, I would just like to avoid Buffalo because they're like our kryptonite this year for some reason. Yeah, well, especially in Buffalo, that'd be tough. Yeah, yeah, it would be tough. Even though that was the better of the two results for us. But, you know, we scored in that game. <laughs> um, Touche. But, yeah. Well, let's, so let's let's get into the picks. I don't, I don't need well, to go over. I don't need to go over mine. Oh, uh, okay. We'll go All over. Right, we'll, we'll go over them when we're doing the pick. All right, fair enough. So let's kick it off. Our first game of the week is no surprise the Miami Dolphins visiting Ryan Tannehill, the Derrick Henryless Tennessee Titans. Uh, this game is in Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Sunday at one o'clock. We all know everything that I've said about the Dolphins, so I'm just going to come out and say the Dolphins are going to win this. I think that we are looking at a 21 17 Dolphins win. And we get a couple of those touchdowns up on the board. Maybe another defensive score like we did last night. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen everybody who's not playing for Tennessee. I think if they're at full strength, I'd be picking them. Uh, if they're still without Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, uh, I think they're for sure still without Derrick Henry. Um, but without basically any of Tannehill's weapons, I don't even know how they beat the 49ers the other night. I really don't either. Um, but uh, – yeah, I'll probably go Dolphins as well, just because I don't know who's going to even play for Tennessee, and their defense is not good. So, let me see if I can find anything here. Injury report today is the twenty eighth, so I got stuff as of the twenty seventh for Tennessee. It looks like where'd they go? There it is. Uh, let's see who's out. Taylor Lewan is uh, out on COVID. Damn, that's as of today, so he's probably not going to play. Nice, that's great for our defense. But Dupree is out. Uh, he was he went on COVID on Monday, so he could be back. Uh, Julio Jones is on COVID as of the twenty seventh. It shows here. 
And this may be just the date that the oh no yeah this is the date that it was effective because Derrick Henry went out on the twelfth and he could be ready for next week so he will not be on this he will not be out on the field this week uh, and I don't see AJ Brown anywhere on this list so he's not on the injury report at all so it seems like AJ Brown will probably be playing but no Lawan no Buster Scrine no Dupree no Caleb Farley no Julio. And no Derrick Henry. So, I think that the Dolphins yeah, will continue I'll, to ride this okay. COVID wave, baby. Right. I'll feel okay um, picking the Dolphins. Although, they might need to just isolate them from the rest of the public because Florida is a cesspool. So, yeah, you don't want absurd. those guys out in the uh, out in the public. Yep, on the wild. Right. Um, cool. So, we got both everybody on the Finn train. Love it. I love it. We'll see how this goes next week. Uh, next, Monday Night Football. So our team's back-to-back weeks on Monday Night Football. Let's see if we can have similar results. The Cleveland Browns will travel to Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I will let you lead the way with your boys on this. Uh, I, I, I think this is Baker Mayfield playing for a new contract. Um, so... Uh, my gut says that he'll will probably win. Um, I don't think it'll be a blowout, although statistics say it probably should. Um, but we tend to underperform against those statistics. Uh, now, anytime you read anything, Cleveland media, this is this is the funny part about the last couple months where your team started to win and my team's gone the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, now all the guys at quarterback you guys were attached to are now starting to pop up uh, with the Browns. So <laughs> I've I've now seen in consecutive days. Uh, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Aaron Rodgers to the Browns rumors. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's where that's where our team sits is is our quarterbacks playing uh, for whether or not either he's on our team next year, or uh, or gets re-signed or gets franchise tagged or whatever. But I think this is the game because uh, weirdly enough, if, if the if the Rams uh, cooperate against the Ravens, which without Lamar Jackson, I would assume they'll win. Um, the the Browns can win out and win the division. Like they really don't need any help other than the Rams beating the Ravens, uh, yeah. and they just would have to beat the Steelers and the Bengals, and they win the AFC North. So everything's still out in front of you. Uh, you, you that's a home playoff game. Yeah, and you guys activated like uh, like seven players off COVID in the past couple of days, right? So yeah, you're getting because that was the biggest issue is you were decimated again, like most teams. You're decimated by this this yeah. uh, COVID list. It was bad against the Raiders. It wasn't quite as bad against the Packers. It was just our quarterback lost his mind and had no idea how to how to complete passes. Um, you know, if you're going to hold Aaron Rodgers to 24 points at Lambeau Field and basically all of them off of turnovers uh, and, and then, you know, go down the field. They had five drives at the end of the game uh, that they just needed a field goal and, and they couldn't even do that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's – that's sort of where we are is, uh, you know, Mayfield's, Mayfield's playing for his future in Cleveland and maybe his future as a starting quarterback in the league. Yeah, so. it seems like that's probably pretty accurate that he'll be playing for his future as a starting quarterback, not even necessarily just Cleveland. So, yeah. But, so you're thinking if, your if, boys you team, if you leave a team like this, like Trubisky did, and I'll, I'll, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'll just throw this yeah. one last thing out. It's, it's a similar situation to Trubisky where they had that playoff run then the next year he wasn't that great, and then now he's a backup in Buffalo. 
I could see something like that happening with Baker. If they can get uh, someone to replace him, um, that would be as good or better. Uh, oh, we all I know who that him. name is, the most obvious name out there for that position. I mean, I think any of the three, but Rodgers is, Rodgers is probably it. Cause they, they I don't know Rogers, if it would actually. be Rodgers. I actually didn't think it would be Rodgers because, I don't know, I, I was thinking more it would be Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, I could see them going after either of them. Uh, I think Rodgers is higher on, on my well, list only because – well, not just because he's of, Aaron he, Rodgers. He's, right, he's amazing. <laughs> but, like, it's fairly obvious that he's not going to be a Packer next year. You can't really say that oh, yeah. about Russell Wilson. Like, Russell Wilson hasn't asked out of Seattle. I mean, he had some grumblings last year, but he didn't ask out of Seattle. Um, anytime he's been asked about it this year, it's been pretty much – you know, I, I don't have any desire to leave. And, of course, that, that could just be – it's midseason, so you can't really say anything. Um, but just Rodgers seems like he's more available. And and maybe you don't have to give up as much because you're only trading for, you know, a year or two. Uh, right. And at the same time, he might just be a straight free agent because they canceled the last year of his contract. So it might just be a straight uh, signature. So, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. We'll see. At, at the end of this, long-winded because I'm – I'm going to start rushing to get to this NBA stuff. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pick the Browns. My, my last Browns choice. If they lose to the Steelers, I'm picking the Bengals next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to pick the Browns as well. Uh, just because I think that they are when healthy and when Baker is at least competent, they are a better team than the Steelers are right now. Yeah. So, uh, and it's Monday Night Football, and like you said, that little that little stench of desperation that Baker should be feeling and smelling, uh, that's got to do something for him. If it doesn't, then I don't, I'm not so sure you even want him as your starting quarterback at that point. Exactly. Exactly. This is, this is for all the marbles at this point. Yeah. Season's uh, over. If you lose, your season's over. It truly is. It truly is. Season is over if you lose. This is like a um, – you're eliminated from playoff contention. The loser of this game is eliminated from playoff contention. I was yeah. seeing last night after the, the Monday Night Football game. So that's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's legitimately a playoff game. Playoff yeah, their playoff game games start, or their January playoffs 4th. start today. First, third, yeah. yeah, January 3rd. So, all right, so we're both going with the Browns. Let's see how that goes. Uh, next game I want to talk about, the Kansas City Chiefs at the current number four seed in the AFC and division leader of the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals. So, uh, since it's your division, I will let you lead again. Uh, this might be a little bit of wishful thinking, but to keep this going, um, we need the Chiefs too. I guess I left that out the last time. Uh, oh, we, we need okay. the Chiefs to win. We need the Chiefs to win. So I, I'm picking Kansas City. Uh, they have, for all the problems that look like they had at the beginning of the year, it's like they've answered every single one of them. Um, I noticed uh, when I was looking up stuff for the Dolphins, I noticed the Chiefs have the fifth lowest scoring defense in the NFL, which Jeez, week three or four. Yeah, I was going to say, week three or four, you would have been like, no, there's no chance. They'll be bottom mm-hmm. five. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you have you have them holding teams under 21 points, and then you just need 21 out of Mahomes and company. Um, Travis Kelsey two weeks ago had the best game of his career. Like, yep. these guys aren't slipping off. Tyreek Hill is the same as he always is. Uh, Edwards Alaire seems like he's sort of back to what he was doing his rookie year, so. Yeah, I uh, I think it's it's Chiefs pretty handily. They're a five point road favorite. Um, yeah, so that's um, that's a safe pick. And they have uh, to win. They have to win to stay ahead of of the other teams uh, in the AFC for for home field. Yeah, they want that buy. one seed. 
of course. You want that one seat because it's the only one they get to buy now. So, um, yeah, I can I can see that, and that's a very realistic scenario because uh, the Chiefs are a great great team. I am gonna go with Kansas. I mean, with uh, Cincinnati, and only because I feel like this is a little bit, and maybe not, but this might be a little bit of a trap game for Kansas City. Like they may not. They just think. I mean, they're on an eight game winning streak. They're flying high right now. They're not worried about the Cincinnati Bengals. And Joe Burrow just put up 525 yards, which is like the fifth largest yardage total for a single game in NFL history, which is insane. Uh, threw four touchdowns with it. Uh, that team, I know that uh, Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are great, great players. But I think if you look at positional, like positional talent, I think the Bengals have more as a whole. I mean, obviously, the, the the Chiefs have the two best of the best. And that's even – I mean, you can throw Jamar Chase up in there. But uh, Kelsey and, and, and Hill are the best position players that will be on the field on Sunday. But then, like, three through six, it's it's Chase, it's Mixon, it's uh, Higgins, it's um, oh, Azuma. I, I never – this guy's last name is – uh, very strange. I think the, Taylor the, Boyd's probably better than him anyway, but yeah. I get, oh, I get and Boyd too. Right. So so Burrow has a lot more weapons than Mahomes does. Mahomes has a lot more magic and a lot more arm strength and, and obviously the experience and, and the pedigree and the winning experience, not just experience, but the, to be at top of the mountain and an MVP at such a young age. Like this kid's got it all, but uh, it's a home game for Cincinnati. They need it as much or more than KC needs it. So they'll be hungry. There will be some fire out there. I think that this is going to be a really entertaining game. I'm, it's, uh, I think it's at 1 o'clock as well, which is really unfortunate because I would have loved to watch this game, but I am not going to not watch the Dolphins game. So <laughs> let's see what time the – no Thursday night football game this week, folks. Yep, and they're at 1 o'clock. Both of them are at 1 o'clock on CBS. So I will literally only get one of those two, uh, which will be the Dolphins. But, yeah, I'm going with Cincinnati on this one. And let's see how that turns out. All right. Next, Arizona Cardinals at the Dallas Cowboys. I will lead off with this one. The Cardinals are coming off of losing three straight games, I believe, including one to the Detroit Lions, who I am low-key a fan of. Let's go Dan Campbell. He's got it moving in the right direction up there, sort of. Uh, But they lost (laughs) to the Lions. Then they went and they lost to... Was it uh, this past Monday night that they lost to uh, the Rams? And then they lost this past Sunday to somebody else. And I can't remember. Point is that they started off uh, like 10-1 and and they're 10-4 and now. They are sliding in the wrong direction at the wrong time. And they are playing the 11-3, and I want to say. Or 11-4. and I got to get these records straight. But the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys are the real deal. They're eleven and four, and the Cardinals are now ten and five. The Dallas Cowboys are the real deal. Specifically, that defense seems to be like the real deal. Michael Parsons, uh, Trayvon Diggs, but Michael Parsons, Michael Parsons, man. If it wasn't for Michael Parsons, I think Javon Holland would be uh, one of the top vote getters for Defensive Rookie of the Year. But I mean, this guy might win Defensive Rookie of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year. Michael Michael Parsons, it's insane. Um, He's got that defense uh, just going. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites against this Cardinals team, who is 7-1 on the road, 
So that's something to be said that they, that they really are, they're much better at home than they are. Uh, I'm sorry, on the road than they are at home at home. They're only three and four. So, and then seven and one on the road. So this is in Cowboy stadium. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. I think they're hot. I think that they, they, they don't, they're not missing any key players at any position right now. They are just chugging along. They destroyed the Washington football team this past uh, Sunday night in an embarrassment to the point where I saw where the score was in the fourth in the first quarter and I found something else to go watch. Um, so I'm going to go with the Cowboys to continue this Arizona slide. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going with you too. Uh, I think Dak is back. Uh, Zeke seems to be healthy. Um, their receivers are, are getting back. I think CD Lamb's back. Kamara Cooper's back. Um, the offense was never going to be their problem. So if they had the defense yeah. to just be decent, uh, they were gonna they were gonna make some noise. So yeah, I'm 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 not trusting the Cardinals right now. Uh, nope, can't do it as much as yeah. I, Kyler Murray is my quarterback for my fantasy Super Bowl, and uh, and I'm terrified. So <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you can't trust the Cardinals right now, and um, the Cowboys have just honestly, if somebody in the marketing department didn't come up with a campaign and a T-shirt for what you just said at the beginning of the season, they should all be fired because Dak is back should have been the absolute flag to wave this year for the Cowboys on that marketing and PR department. Absolutely. Uh, but let's see. All right, so we both got the Cowboys there, and then I believe we're both going to take the same team in this one. It should be a surprise. I don't know if Lamar Jackson is playing or not, but the last game is the Rams at the Ravens. Um, Rams. Yep. <laughs> Rams because you need them and yep. I was looking to see Ravens. Yeah, I think Marlon Humphrey's out for the year. Clayus Campbell's in and yep. out of the lineup. The I was only real guy they have on defense is oh Lamar Jackson. Yeah, so he has a chance to practice on Wednesday. So let's see. Doesn't look like they really know yet. Um, let's see. I think they I think have to say that because if he doesn't play, then their their playoff hopes are done. So they're going to do everything they can to get him on the field. But you know, a guy like that who who counts on his speed and his quick uh, quick change ability. Um, yeah, even if, if he's you know, able to play, if he's not a hundred percent, it's not right. And it's an ankle, right? It's it an, an ankle. ankle. And, and I mean, that's what Lamar does is break dudes' ankles. That's what makes him so effective. So if if he doesn't have that strength in his ankle. He's either A, going to re-injure it, or B, he's just he's going to be a regular guy, and Lamar is a mm-hmm. regular guy. They're going to lose anyway to the Rams. So Yep. So, I mean, the Rams, a little bit of adversity. They just lost uh, Daryl Henderson, who had been their leading back for most of the season, to IR. Uh, they expect him to maybe be back for the playoffs, but he's definitely going to miss the rest of the regular season, which puts this load pretty squarely on Sony Michel's back. He did well this past week. Uh, and who else? Is do- and who else? Who else is left? Who, who's, who's coming back? Cam Akers. Oh, Cam Akers is coming back. Cam okay. Akers might play. So the they Rams, lose Daryl Henderson, but get their starting they running get their back. Start, back. They're, they're what should have been their starter back. Um, interesting. And that's great for the Rams. Uh, Odell's finally getting into the mix. Caught his first touchdown a couple weeks ago against the Cardinals. Actually, I don't know if it was first or his second one, but a nice little fade. Yeah, he's got from, four already. Stafford. Oh, does he? Okay, nice. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. And clearly it was not Odell being the biggest issue. Uh, in Cleveland, I feel like that was a an issue on both sides of that dispute. 
But I'm glad that they have moved on and he has picked it back up and awesome for him. So both of us taking the Rams, both of us taking the Cowboys, both of us taking the Dolphins and the Browns, and then you're taking the Chiefs and I'm taking the Bengals. Let's see what happens. Should be a fun week of football. For sure. So, all right. Now let's change gears into the COVID protocol infested NBA. Our favorite, our favorite place to be. But honestly, right now the NBA looks like a glorified G League because everybody is in the health and safety protocols. That's it's gotten to the point where like when people say it, like they're not on the COVID list, or, oh, they're in health and safety. <laughs> it's like I know exactly what you mean now because health and safety has become its own freaking term in the NBA. Um, but I mean, my team is succeeding in football and my team for some reason continues to succeed in basketball, despite literally Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler so far having each missed 45 to 50%. Uh, one of them's missed a little bit more than the other, but half of our games, uh, they've each missed, not half of our games combined. They have each missed half of our games and we are still sitting in fourth place in the East, basically in a virtual tie with you guys. Uh, I have them up right here and it's getting, uh, it's getting fun. It's getting interesting because we are into the trade season yet. Nobody has gotten traded. So that's always looming. We're going to see what happens there. And obviously the big names is Ben Simmons and possibly still Kyrie Irving. Like I know that the the Nets let him come back, but he's still a part-time player. So you are missing half of his games. Um, because he can't play in Brooklyn yet. So, right. uh, but we sit at 21 and 13. The Cavs are at 20 and 13. So we are half a game ahead of you. Uh, but you guys still have, and it has grown. Wow, I haven't looked at these numbers in a minute. But you have the best point, differ- you still have the best point differential in the East, and it's up to six and a half. We are in second behind you, and we're at a plus 3.9, tied with the Nets. Um, you're only allowing 101 points a game to our 103. We're both scoring 107. Uh, it seems like uh, our teams are almost identical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Talk about you guys. Showers and praise. I was going to say, it's, it's, been, it's been an extremely pleasant surprise. Uh, I think, you know, it took everyone a month to sort of see, okay, is this just a little blip or is this what they are? Uh, I think – um, the league in it, as a whole has sort of realized, no, I think this might be who they are. Because um, a lot of the stuff that they're doing, um, just to steal things from what other people have said, it's very sustainable. Uh, like, it's not surprising that a team that starts three seven-footers uh, can defend the rim, especially people as athletic as Evan Mobley and uh, Jared Allen. Uh, so they give up the lowest percentage um, at the rim and inside the restricted area in the league. Uh, again, not a surprise. Uh, and, and those guys, you know, on, on a couple different occasions, late game against Portland and a couple different times against some of the other teams with, uh, with good high scoring guards. Um, you saw Mobley, you know, on a switch, pick up guys 25 feet from the hoop. Uh, Jared Allen, the same way. He, he, uh, when he played Portland, he, he picked up Dame within the last minute, followed him through his dribble set, and then blocked him on the way to the rim one-on-one, which is like, if your center can do that against Damian Lillard, then you you really have something. So, yeah, I uh, I'm really excited to see what it is as as people keep talking about them. It, it does seem like um, they believe this is who they are as well, uh, which 
typically when teams do that, they may be ready to sort of move forward and throw their chips uh, in the middle. Uh, we, we know Gilbert has no problem spending money. Um, so really it'll be figuring out who they're okay with losing out of their rotation uh, mm-hmm. to get something better. Cause they have their, their top eight guys are all like positive net rating. Um, and their rotation goes about eight or nine deep and all of them have contributed uh, pretty consistently. So uh, yeah, we were talking about that, that three team trade before where Philly would get Jeremy Grant and a bunch of filler um, Cavs would get Ben Simmons and uh, the Pistons would get a Cavs first round pick uh, with a couple of their former first rounders, uh, Isaac Okoro and Dylan Windler. Um, I mean, something like that sort of changes your trajectory uh, where now you're like a legitimate top yep. four seed in the East um, without really too many questions. I mean, besides for injury, I guess everything else like that would be the expectation right now, which is yep. crazy. So it, it kind of is, but that's, that's phenomenal. Like, I'm glad I'm, I am happy that this incarnation of the team is doing so well. Cause I, I mean, I like Mobley. I like a lot of the players that you guys have. I'm glad that Kevin Love is not just a wasted space on the bench. I, I did not dislike Kevin Love even uh, when he was at the height of his powers and I thought he was great. So I'm, I'm glad to see all of this succeeding. I can see that one of those trade scenarios working, like we were talking about off air, uh, this is all going to depend on Daryl Morey coming to his senses and realizing, like uh, I heard Bobby Mark say, that he's not going to receive Michael Jordan <coughs> in a trade for Ben Simmons. So you should yeah. look at the best and realistic packages that you have been offered and and just make a decision. And I mean, it's at this point, it's all net positive. You're you're not getting anything at all from Ben Simmons, so any addition is is going to be a plus. It's going to add something to your team. There will there is always one low end rotation player that can move to a solid bench role and not even be in the rotation, so you can get a playmaker into it. Like it's it's possible. So, uh, it's amazing that they're still hanging around as they are. I think that if they start falling off a little bit, then we might see a little bit more reluctant acceptance from Daryl Morey that he has to make a move and he needs to get something out of that roster spot and not just keep stringing this nonsense along. And you guys seem to be at least the most well-equipped team to go after and make something that makes sense. Uh, And when you get facilitated by a third team who's got Jeremy Grant was an all-star last year, possibly. Yeah. Or, yeah, an all-star to trade in this it's in this scenario, right? So Philly takes in an all-star after letting go of an all-star. It, it would make this easier, an easier pill to swallow for Morey and, and an easier deal to get done for everybody else involved. And I think everybody comes out winning. So uh, let's see. It's got to happen at some point. I mean, there's yeah. a real clock now. What is it, like February 12th or 15th, something like that? Right in there. I was going to say the 18th, but somewhere right maybe between the, 18th, the 12th yeah. or the 10th and the 20th, somewhere in there. Yeah, it's that week. So that's uh, by then we will have much more clarity as to what this will look like the rest of the year. So, yeah, I mean, the Sixers are hovering around the sixth seed. Um, they're one game over 500. You still have Joel Embiid playing at an MVP type level. Um, I, I, how many years do we think that guy can do that? Like, he's clearly not. As much as I love him, he's clearly not a durable player. Right. He's like got how, three how more left tops. Go? Right. And you just want $35 million just sitting at home collecting his checks doing nothing. 
Right. Like eventually you have to, t- and you know, I don't want to sit here and both think about it forever, but like, who are you getting individually? That's better than Jeremy Grant. Like, no, yeah. And there, and like I, I the market's not there for it. Well, there's no, I mean, it's there's not no there, but there's also there. exactly like the people just aren't available. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's what I mean by like the market not being there. There's just nobody there to go get. There's always, a disgruntled star to like go and swap for. And this year it seems like the only one is Ben Simmons, which puts right. the Sixers in a crappy spot. <clears throat> well, and, um, and you know, the, the play in tournament has really changed the league and the trade deadline. Cause you legitimately have like 23 to 24 teams that think, Hey, we can at least get in uh, and, and see what happens. So that leaves six teams. Right. With, as sellers. you know, right, right. Exactly. As sellers, and you look at the six, I'm going to pull it up right now to see the bottom six teams in the league. Detroit, Orlando, Houston, the Pelicans, the Thunder, and the Kings. They don't have anyone to trade. I mean, maybe De'Aaron Fox from the Kings. Right. Um, but, you know, from the Kings' or, perspective, if you're getting rid of Fox and you're taking Shea. Ben Simmons. Yeah. But I think, I think they're past that. I think that was last year. They were okay with the Shea thing. I don't think that that's happening anymore. They, they, he's done. Yeah, he's done too much. For them, I think they're they're perfectly fine having him. Okay, honestly, I think the Thunder could be within another year, maybe two, but maybe next year, uh, they could be ready to use those future first as ammunition rather than waiting them out. Yeah, they're, they're right. I mean, as as we speak, they're only a game and a half out of a playing spot. Exactly, and they've probably outperformed what they thought they would be. Oh, they have. They're twelve and twenty, and it is an absolute outperformance of expectations. Right. Right. So, and Josh Giddy looks awesome. Like, they mm-hmm. don't need a tall point guard. They have that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, until Carl Anthony Towns says, you know, I want out of Minnesota, or Bradley Beal says, I want out of, of Washington, or Damian Lillard says, I want out of uh, Portland, which I think that's Philly's, like, that's their fever dream is Will is. Simmons for Dame Lillard. Yeah. I um, mean, that'll never, that'll never fly from the Portland point of view, but. I think well, we are inching closer to Dame being on the move. I was going to say, I, I think it would. It's just when, when Lillard's available. Because if you could get Simmons, as as goofy as Simmons is, typically his teams win and you have him for three more seasons. Like, right. there's a real value to that. And, and he's young. Like, Dame, Dame's going to be, what, 32, 33? Yep. Something like, like he's that. coming mm-hmm. down from his prime. And you'll get Simmons as he's going into his prime as Within like three a first team defender. Yeah. Right. And him next to McCollum makes way more sense than than Dame next to McCollum. So I mean I think that, that would work for everyone, but it's will Portland um will they pull that trigger and say, you know, forget it, we'll trade Dame? And can Philly wait for them to make that choice? Yeah. Yeah. It's but, uh... It should yeah. be interesting. Let's see what happens. Absolutely. The Simmons are deal. I mean, when we first talked about this thing in the preseason, we were both like, "Oh yeah, this will be resolved in you know the next training camp." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Here we are at New Year's, and we're still talking about where is Ben Simmons going to go? Will he be traded? And the fact that he has not stepped foot on the court for the team this year, right, uh, is incredible. And, and Philly hasn't played terribly. I mean, they're still they a top ten team in the league, right? Um, but but. And and I was listening to a pod yesterday uh, talking about Philly with and without Ben Simmons. The last two years in the games that he's missed, they've been – the one year he missed 14 games, they were 7-7. Seven and seven. 
The next year he missed 16 games. They were eight and eight. This year he's missed 33 games. They're 17 and 16. 17 and like 16. they're literally a 500 team without, without ben, Simmons. ben Simmons. They're they're a you know 50 win team with Ben Simmons. Whatever simulation you want to make from those two figures is fine, but they're just better with Simmons on the court. Um, and so at a certain point, they just like you said before, they, they just have to figure out if they want something. Because I think in the three-team trade, I, I left this out before, that three-team trade that I sent you uh, where they'd get Jeremy Grant, they also get Laurie Markkinen, which, you know, now you're talking about adding maybe another 30 points a night to your lineup for someone who's giving you nothing. Right. That that very well could be worthwhile. And you could flip one of them. You could flip Markkinen for something. You know, you need a point guard or something. Flip him for a point guard. So Right. And, and yeah, that makes it – that's a good point because, again, you're just adding production to – an empty spot, like something you're getting zero out of. You can add, like you said, close to 30 points between marketing and Grant. Um, on a good night, that's 40 points. They can each go for 20 in their own way. Absolutely. They're so they're so different offensively that they can both eat in the same game. Right. Um, so, yeah, they. Uh, it's clear that Daryl Morey needs to make a decision. I am sure that ownership will be uh, intensifying their pressure as we get closer to – the trade deadline, because again, once we hit that trade deadline and we get past it, then Daryl Morey's got to look at that owner and be like, yeah, you're paying $35 million this year and he's not going to touch the floor once, but you know, you're going to pay him for it. And that's right. probably not a pleasant conversation to have with your boss that you have right. essentially wasted $35 million because you kept on waiting for the next what if uh, in terms of trade offers. So right, uh, I, you have to anticipate this getting done before the trade deadline. Because, again, they're eating $35 million in dead money is not a conversation anybody wants to have with their boss. So let's see. And, uh, and even another little uh, little factoid to throw on top of that, they're also oh. into the luxury tax. So not only are you eating that $35 million, oh. but you're in the luxury tax by $15 million to, to have him sit there. So really yeah. you're paying $50 million for him yes, to do you that. Are. Yes, you are. Jesus. In the luxury. Well, yeah. Even more reason to believe that this is going to get done before that trade deadline. Right. So, let's see. Let's see. All right, moving on. The heat a little bit. So, we have been assaulted by injury as we talked last time. Last time we spoke, Bam Adebayo had just gotten hurt. Uh, we are about hopefully halfway through or close to halfway through his rehab. They were best case scenario expecting six to eight weeks. We're about four weeks in, uh, maybe three and a half. Worst case scenario is eight to 12 weeks. So let's just say it's six to 10 to be somewhere in the middle. We're close to halfway through that. The team has remained afloat. We are 21 and 13. We are in fourth place in or third, fourth place in the East. Um, Second best defense behind the Cavs. Second best point differential overall, because we are putting up uh, a good amount of points. Despite not having Bam, we had, uh, let's see, Jimmy Butler has missed, it seems like, 15 games out of our, what is it, 35? So, 34 games. He's missed 15 of them. It's kind of crazy that we are in the position that we are in. Uh, Tyler Hero has been a godsend. He's second on the team in scoring with 20 points a night uh, behind Jimmy, who's at 22. Uh, Kyle Lowry putting up 13, 
eight and four, four point five. So leading the team in assists, he has also kept us afloat. He has. I mean, we're playing with a we're we're playing a lot of guys that that wouldn't normally be getting big minutes. Uh, Max Struess, the Struess is loose. Uh, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, uh, Casey Akpala. We've got UD has been getting UD's averaging three points a game, and he's played eight games and three. He's at three and two uh, for forty years old and twenty years in the league. That's phenomenal. Uh, Marcus Garrett is some dude that we literally pulled off the street. And he is played in 11 games, held his own. He's just given us a body to rotate through. Uh, Omir, you're at seven, 25 games. He's averaging four and four. This is a big guy who we have been developing in the G League for, uh, I think, since last season. Yeah, since last season. And the coaching staff loved him. And I don't think we anticipated him being up so soon. And he's still very raw. His offensive game is not great. I saw him miss and rebound three or four consecutive bunny shots, like little hops in front of the rim. Great. He rebounded him for himself until he finally got fouled. But uh, he's not very polished offensively, but he's big. He's lanky. He can play some defense. Um, He seems to be the Miami Heat kind of guy. He's averaging a half a block a game, so he's in there. Uh, I wish it was a little bit higher, but PER of 15 is not terrible for somebody who is, I mean, literally a body that we dragged off of the street into the G League last year. Uh, right. So, yeah, it's crazy. I'm happy that we are doing what we've done. We play uh, tonight, I think it's the the Pistons. Um, I was just, no, the Wizards. Wizards. The Wizards, the Wizards, the Wizards. Um so let's see how we go with that. Washington is still 17 and 16. They've got Bradley Beal, obviously. I don't know who's in health and protocols, who's health, health, and health and safety on that team. So I don't know who they're going to be rolling up against us. But I know we'll have Jimmy. We'll have Tyler. We won't have Udonis because he just fell into health and safety today. Um, I'm assuming the starting lineup will seem something like Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, um, Caleb Martin, and Omer seven would probably be our starters with Tyler and Max Struess and Gabe Vincent coming off the bench. So we're six and four in our last 10 games with most of these guys playing. It's been unbelievable, uh, pleasant surprise. And if they can just hold the rope until Bam gets back and we can get totally healthy and, and be the team that we thought we could be, then we're sitting pretty. We're only three games back from the top seed in the East, and we have been parading this team around for at least ten games. Uh, and they're seven and three. I'm sorry, not ten, not six and four. We're seven and three, including three in a row in our last ten games. Um, yeah, the Cavs are also seven and three in their last ten games. We are we are spitting images of each other right now, which is kind of crazy. It is because they're being Did done, see that done so di- yeah, me neither. And it's being done so different. Well. Defense on both sides, but, like, from the offensive perspective, like, you guys are getting points with big men, and we are getting points from everybody but our big men because our one big guy is hurt, and now Deadman is hurt, and it's up to everybody else to score. So, it's crazy. Well, the, it's, it's insane. The wild part about the Cavs' offensive distribution is they have eight guys averaging double figures, which yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen that. That's pretty wild. That is extremely wild, and it's just – 
for sake of comparative here. One, two, three, four, five. Well, we got six here. Uh, but one of them is Max Struess, believe it or not, who's averaging 11 points a game. And Duncan Robinson at $35 million a year is averaging 11.1 points a game. Um, <laughs> in almost the same amount of games. Struess has only played seven games less than than this guy has. But, uh, yeah. So, if it, makes you, if it makes you feel better, I was looking at the league injury report. Uh, the, the Wizards are without Beal. Uh, Caldwell Pope and uh, Roby Hachimura and Montrezl Harrell. Oh, this, <laughs> so is this is a dub. It, yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like it's Kuzma and four dudes. Sweet. So, and it's in Miami, yeah, which means Kuzma, yeah. Kuzma went to some art festival in Wynwood last night, I'm sure. And he's <laughs> coming in, spending $50,000 on an oversized jacket and probably right. some, some shitty Red Bull and vodka. So right. nice. This is a win for us. And I'll take it. I do feel much better about this now. Uh, yeah, and then there's a there's a on NBA TV, right? There's a after us, it's Golden State and somebody on NBA TV. I thought it was another decent game. It seems like a decent night of basketball uh, tonight on a football free look. Tuesday. Uh, Denver at Golden State. Denver yeah, at Golden State. Jokic against Steph. So that uh, that should be fun too. So a good night of basketball there. Who do you have on your injury report? Uh, so Garland went on today. Mobley's coming off. He, they said he's listed as questionable, but he's probably going to play. Um, let me go back to where I just was. So no Jared Allen, no Garland, no. Oh, Lowry's on. Health yeah, Lowry's too. out. Yeah. You guys, I think is basically just Jimmy Butler, Tyler, Tyler Hero and everybody else. Mm. Um, just Garland's off like that. Okoro may be back, and Jared Allen. Jared Allen's ten days ends tomorrow. Okay. Uh, when so is Mobley then? Mobley's was technically done today. That's why they they said he's probably playing tonight. Honestly. Okay. And so, then the the Pelicans have basically everyone out except for Jonas uh, Valanciunas is probable. Everybody else is out. Okay. That'll be so. That'll be nice. Probably too. a dub for us too. <laughs> yep. Yes, indeed. We are going to keep this winning train up this moving. Is, this is starting point guard Ricky Rubio type of night. <laughs> Indeed. Starting, yeah, along with starting point guard Gabe Vincent. Um, <laughs> or Namdi, as he went by on the Nigerian team. I'd love to know what the whole name was, but I know he was Namdi during the Olympics. Um, yeah. Cool. So what else uh, in the league did you want to throw out there before we wrap things up? Anybody sticking out in particular? Honestly, I just keep going back to these uh, the predictions from 538. Um, I just wanted to look and see if there was any outliers. Uh, let me just take a look here. I mean, what what are has anything changed with us and the Lakers at this point? Are, are we just sort of no? They are the Lakers are. are gonna the Lakers are gonna make the playoffs at some point. Maybe I, I mean I don't I wouldn't bet on them being in the play, and I think they can squeeze out a top six, but. After that, if they were to lose in the first round, I would not be at all surprised. Yeah, I, I think it's – 538 lists them as a 19% chance of making the playoffs. And I think to them, making the playoffs is a top eight, like making it through the play-in tournament. So it doesn't mean that 19% of being in the top 10, but 19% of being in the top eight after the play-in. Hmm. Uh, which, you know, very low. At, at 35 and 47, that's their predicted record for them. Uh 
Yeah, I mean, nineteen percent is uh, it's kind of crazy, <laughs> and it's I don't even know what to think of that. Like, the, I think the, the crazy part is how bad the West is. Like, their top three teams are the top three teams in the NBA, probably. After that, right, the rest of the conference is trash. I think they might have five teams over 500 total, hmm. which is – I think I think the East has nine or ten. I think uh, you guys had an 83% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. You have – I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I think they – both of our teams have two of the easiest remaining strength of schedules in the NBA, if not the two easiest, which is awesome. If we can both – Really make runs and hopefully not have to play each other in the first round because I would hate to have to end your wonderful season like that. Likewise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, I mean, honestly, that that's one of those where you're just, like, thrilled to uh, thrilled to be there. Um, let, me, let me look and see. This tankathon always has great remaining schedule strength. So Cleveland has the easiest remaining schedule. Hmm. Uh, Miami actually has the 13th hardest. Really? Yeah, go figure there. That's crazy. One of the I thought funny... it was much closer. No, no. One of the funnier parts about that is they, they list like the six hardest teams that you guys have remaining, and we're one of them. <laughs> I'm sure you are. But you still have two or three games against Brooklyn – Two games against Golden State, two games against Phoenix, one against Milwaukee, one against us, and two against Chicago. So you just have a lot of games left against tough teams. Yeah, um, we've already State played like right after New Year's. Right, we've already played Golden State once. We we've played Phoenix twice. Uh, we have one left against Utah, two left against Brooklyn, three against Chicago, two against Milwaukee, and one against you guys. Those are our top six remaining opponents. All right. Well, let's see how this lays out then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I still don't anticipate either of us being in that play-in tournament, especially if no everybody gets healthy. And, no, uh, no. Honestly, I could see, I could see us battling for three and four. That's yeah. That's where I've that's where I've gotten to, and I know the Bulls are up there, and they're going to be tough. Um, but I, I mean, maybe I'm a hater. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm I'm not I'm not necessarily all the way in on Demar Derozan being a top ten player in the league. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like something's gonna give there. I could be wrong, but it's just what it feels like. Possible. Um, it's possible that that team just implodes and they revert to their individual selves and not playing as a unit. I mean, it's always possible. Demar Derozan and uh, Zach Levine, Vujicic and Ball—they've never been. I mean, well, DeRozan was with the Raptors, I guess, but they've never been. Yeah, like, so they had a couple one seeds, like team, but like team basketball. Like it, those guys have always just been like the best players on the teams that they've been on for the most part, and like that's it. Like that's how Vooch was with the Magic, um, Ball in in New Orleans for sure. He was the best player while he was there, uh, and other than the year, I mean, he was still developing in LA, so we won't even talk that early. And, well, uh, I mean, he he did play with with Brandon Ingram and, and Zion. So he was he was at best the third best player. Yeah, Zion, I don't know, man. Is this guy ever going to touch the court again, or is he just going to roll out there? Um, you know what's interesting is they had uh, like the Pelicans beat reporter. Maybe they've just done a terrible job of showing this. But 
they keep talking about him being 330. Apparently, he's actually down to 280. But, like, no one will show an updated picture of him to, like, say that. Like, apparently, well, his condition It's much easier awesome. to trash the guy at 330 in training camp than it is at 280 in December. Well, exactly. But you think the Pelicans would be putting something out like, hey, he doesn't – Oh, you think like them, like like their PR department should be doing Right. That. Because their reporters yeah. are saying he doesn't – he's not 330 currently. He's 280, 285. Like, that's – he's at his playing weight. He's below what he played at as a rookie right now. But <laughs> the last photo I've seen of him was in that red jumpsuit where he looked like he was going to float away like a blimp. It's a mistake to – it's a mistake to put him out there in anything other than the uniform, I think. Because right. as a 20-year-old kid – the dude's not wearing form-fitting clothes. He's going to look baggy. He's going to look sloppy. He's going to look fat. So I wouldn't put out a picture of him unless it was in warm-ups in the gym or uniform out on the court. Like, I wouldn't be circulating any other picture. Like, the, like the Sprite commercial that everybody's talking about. Like, yeah, he's sitting on a couch and he slouched back and he looks fat. But, like, if you look at him, like, you can tell that the dude is just a big dude. He's not, like, a slouch. But... For some reason, the Pelicans thought it was A-OK and his people thought it was A-OK for them to put out that Sprite commercial in that position on the couch, which just feeds into the entire narrative of him being a fat, lazy fuck. Uh, and that, <laughs> that commercial is really what, like, sparked this whole thing, I think. Like, or at least it was in time with when this whole conversation really picked up steam about him being out of shape and overweight and, and not ready to play, but then you you know you're filming Sprite commercials where you're sitting on the couch eating Doritos and Mountain Dew or whatever or Sprite. Right. Oh, it's maybe it's a Mountain Dew commercial. Maybe it's not a Sprite. Yeah, commercial. I think it either was way. Mountain Dew. Yeah, yeah. Either way, um, like you just at this point, if I'm the Pelicans, dude, the next time I want everybody to see you is when you step onto the court and you start dunking on them, uh, because other than that, more than likely they're just gonna shit on you for whatever you look in a picture. Right. Right. Yeah, I would agree. Um, couple other quick tidbits of uh of this tankathon um page because it is kind of interesting um three easiest remaining schedules cleveland boston and phoenix three hardest remaining schedules milwaukee the lakers and the pelicans nice so the the lakers have underperformed with the easiest second easiest schedule to date uh in the league and their their lives are about to become a lot more difficult yes it is which will just be Uh... hilarious you know what's going to happen. It's like they're going to implode and he's just going to leave. I know. And he, I know where he's going. And he will leave a wake of devastation <clears throat> in his past. It always happens. <laughs> and then and then he lets it's like a forest fire. He burns everything up and then stuff just rises from the from the dirt and then he goes back and he burns and it all sets up it on fire again. <laughs> right. 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 Hey, let's draft Kyrie Irving. Oh, look how great he is. LeBron comes, oh, let's win a title. No, I'm going to request a trade. Terrible. I want out. That's how it works, man. This is how it works. Don't don't be surprised if things pick up because the All-Star Games in Cleveland this year, do not be surprised mm. if that stuff picks up around that time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm putting out the warning right now. Don't be surprised. Let's see if we even have an All-Star game. Well, uh, our traditional weekend, not like what last week, what last year was. So, yeah. All right. Well, I, I, go, on, go ahead. Oh, just I, I think they will. I think they will. I think they may be more strict, but I, I think they will. I'm glad. I, I like our traditional All Star weekend. I like uh, the Saturday night skill events. Uh, I think it's a fun weekend for the league. This is one of the more fun leagues that we have. 
The players always look like they're having fun at NBA All-Star Weekend. They are always – like the NFL has to beg people to go to the Pro Bowl and beg people to bet to, to compete in all their shit. And the NBA, it's like everybody wants to be there and everybody wants to be part of the show at some point if they can, whether it's helping one of their boys in the slam dunk competition or being part of one of these competitions. I love it. I think it's great for the league. as It, it brings back a little bit of sense of normalcy to our season if we get you know a slam dunk competition and a three-point competition and that skills contest. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it's awesome. Uh, yeah. So let's see. I hope they do have it. I hope we do have it. Yeah, for sure. All right. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the end of this week's pod. Uh, NFL is going to be a big, big week on, this week. Sunday and Monday is going to be huge. Hopefully we can do this again next week and recap the eight-game winning streak of the Miami Dolphins at the time and <laughs> see where we all land. And hopefully the Browns are not eliminated from playoff contention by then either. So, yeah, like we, need, we need the, the Browns cooperating, the Chiefs cooperating, and the Rams And the Rams. So there you go, fans. If you have any sort of love and affection for our co-host here, Rob, we are rooting <laughs> for the Browns, the Rams, and the Chiefs on Sunday. And, of That's course – you all love me, so we're rooting for the Dolphins together. Um, <laughs> so let's go ahead and make that happen in positive energy, and we're going to make it just come to fruition in the universe. Let's say um, we're not because... fighting for a wild card, so I, I can have you win. That's, that's perfectly fine with me. doesn't, doesn't impact anything. So, yeah, I'm, I'm for it. There it is. Everybody gets in. And then, that's it. And then we've got that first week, uh, Dolphins at Cleveland for the playoffs. So that would be, oh, my God. That oh would be God. awesome. <laughs> so. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening to us. This has been episode 22 of Three Major Sports. Please make sure to rate us and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a follow on Instagram at Three Major Sports. Interact with us. Uh, like our posts. Answer our polls. Uh, just be part of the fun. And we will talk to you all next week. Enjoy the sports, everybody. Take care, my man. Take it easy, buddy. All right. Later.